Hi there, and welcome to Fantasy for the Ages, the show where father and son sit down and talk about fantasy books. I'm the son of that equation, Zach. And I'm the father, Jim. Thanks for joining us today as we do another one of our Wheel of Time episodes, working our way through book six, Lord of Chaos. Today, we'll talk about chapter seven. But before we get to that, my son, Zach, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. It does strike me that um, we need to update our intro. It's been a while since we last did it. Those pictures are over a year old now. They are. Uh, And we have seen each other physically in person since then. So (laughs) we have. All right. I'll get to work on that. Cracking the whip. I hear you, son. I'm just saying Rolly should be in there. (laughs) He does appear in the occasional video. Not likely today because you said before we went live, he's under your feet snoring. So So he's taking a dog here in sound if he snores particularly loudly. (laughs) How are you doing, Dad? I'm doing all right. This is a nice Saturday. I have no big plans. It's pouring outside. I got a nice walk in this morning before the rain started. And now I can just chillax here. Um, I'm doing another recording uh, later today with Spencer from the Fantasy Files. So we're talking another book we've both read. But first, I get to chat with you. And that's always fun. Uh, You drinking anything? I am. Uh, It's it's late enough. It's five o'clock somewhere. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) so I just mixed up some cola with some vanilla vodka. It's, it's a nice little casual drink. Are you drinking? I'm drinking water. Good for you. It's only basically noon here at this point. So it's, it's early in the day. Just going to hydrate. I'm, I'm proud of you taking care of yourself, drinking water. Goodness knows. Still not down to camel weight, dude. I'm still trying to drop. You'll get there. Maybe. Ah, trying. Okay, Uh, for those of you who have no idea what I talked about, go back a few episodes. (laughs) Uh, Let's see, before we jump into our content for today, I want to remind people, if you enjoy what you see here, don't forget to hit that like button down below. And most of you watching a Wheel of Time episode are probably subscribers already, but if somehow you're not, become one. Just click subscribe. I want to also give a shout out to all of our Patreon supporters. Thank you for your support. And we have a brand new one now to announce. Yep, Brittany has joined at the Feist tier of support. So thank you, Brittany. Welcome to the family. Uh, We're glad to have you with us. She has gone all in this week diving into old content. Uh, loving the stuff that we talk about, all the different kinds of things, because we do have a lot of variety on this channel now. A couple things. She's much closer to my age than yours, so she's finding she agrees with me a lot, (laughs) and sometimes you're a little weird. I'm always a bit weird, (laughs) but sometimes it shows more. But, Brittany, thank you, and we hope to continue to entertain. All right, speaking of entertaining... We have to keep reading so we have stuff to talk about. What are you reading these days, Zach? Anything new? Um, So I'm still reading. It's right above me. R.F. Kuang's Battle. Uh, Okay. I've been enjoying it so far. But in addition, I am near the end. Not quite done. I'm unsure whether I'm going to. We're still recording this near the end of 2023. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't know if these books are going to end up in my finished in 2023 or finished in 2024 category yet. Um, but they're both pretty close. I'm pretty close to finishing Oryx and Crake. 
that first book in the Mad Adam trilogy, mm-hmm. and Gardens of the Moon. I have gotten nice. very close. Book one of Malazan, Book of the Fallen, or Malazan, Book of the Fallen, depending on how you like to pronounce Somebody it. Somebody says that. That's how Steven Erickson says it. The author says Malazan. That was his intent. I know. It's hard I to say that now, I think he's it? wrong about his own thing. <laughs> he's also said sound. he doesn't care how people choose to say it. So I'm also in Malazan, Book of the Fallen, but I'm on book six, which is just, uh, let's see, there it is. Just over there, Bone Hunters, The Bone Hunters. Uh, it's longer than any of the first five books, but it is so good. Uh, very entertaining. I keep chuckling throughout because Steven Erickson's wit is coming through strong. It's not intending to be a funny book, and yet his humor is very, very much intended. It's just, it's a subtle thing, and it's very good. So I'm definitely enjoying that. I did just finish The Dark Tower, my reread of that. Uh, All eight books now, well, seven books in a novella. I didn't remember those last couple of books much at all, so it was like a first time again, and that was really great. And right below me is uh, the bottom of the book called my Dead World by Jacqueline Druga. It's mm. book one of a five book zombie apocalypse series. And it was great. I mean, it was like better than great. I've read a couple other things by her before that were eh, okay. No, this was fantastic. Now, I don't know if it'll stay this good through the next four books. But there's but hope. I'm on, I'm on the second one now. And yeah, there's hope. And I am still reading Duma Key by Stephen King that, that I may read for the next six months still. I don't know. You're just, you're bad with physical books. We all know it. Just a a little at a time. Little at a time. Uh, The only other note I have for today is, you know, a YouTube update. Man, it's been hopping there now. And it's so (laughs) much fun to see so many people finding us. We're up to 376. Am I saying that right? Mm -mm. Uh, Nope, I've got that totally wrong. 736. Look at that dyslexia. Yeah, I was like, that's that's not the right number. (laughs) 736 subscribers as of this moment. I, we've added over 125 in just the last four weeks. So crazy. Yeah, it's great. So <laughs> a thousand subscribers. Here we come. And again, if you're one of those that hasn't helped us with that yet, click subscribe. Okay, let's move on to talking about the fun and goodness of chapter seven of Lord of Chaos. What a chapter. This is called a matter of thought and it, most of the chapter will be in Elaine's point of view as we start out with Elaine and Nynaeve settling in for the night mm-hmm. in their small shared quarters in Saladar. Uh, Saladar is not a luxury resort these days. No, really? No, I'm shocked. No. Yeah. So they're kind of missing some of the things they used to have. Their conditions are pretty poor. Although Elaine is reminding herself that at least as accepted, they're better off than the soldiers, the servants, you know, they're just a step down from the what the Aes Sedai get to have. So while they don't have much, it's better than a lot of people. It's not a palace, which in Elaine's case, she is used to, but <laughs> it is still not just sleeping under the stars. Uh, we pick up a number of things from Elaine's initial thoughts besides the poor conditions. We also get that she has been really, really busy making Terangrial. That's the task the Aes Sedai put her to the last time we checked in with her. And they are just working her hard. Uh, about the only time she's not busy trying to make Terangrial is when she's eating or sleeping. Honestly, it's kind of 
dumb. Not entirely. It makes sense. However, the idea that she's an accepted and should be training to be an eyes to die is kind of getting overwritten by, hey, you can do this thing that no one else can. So rather than yeah. recognizing that and giving you value, we're going to work you like you have no rights. And part of that is that she's supposed to be developing this skill. So, you know, a little bit, you could say yeah. they're training her. But, but they no can't one can teach, teach her, her any of it. Yeah, she, she's just guessing. She doesn't even know what she doesn't know. And she's only partly sure of what she does know. Um, she notes that, you know, she's getting pretty good at making Terangriol, especially the Terangriol rings for going into Teleron Riyadh. Mm -hmm. Okay, she's got a model for that. None of hers have come off as good as the original that they got out of the tower. But they're getting better. They are getting better. I think she says something like three out of every four now work. And then the occasional one still just does nothing. And that's okay, but she also has, you know, a little bit of concern there. Um, because if she tries to make one and it just is a dud fine but what if she tries to make one and it's actually flawed yeah so something worse than just yeah. it not working happens when someone tries it what could happen to someone who tries to use a flawed terangriol there's a couple of things um let's go first the kind of obvious hey it's a dream terangriol if it's flawed maybe it works to get you in but it can't get you out and you're stuck in there forever Oh, oh, no, that's horrible. Uh, <laughs> step two, it's like, yeah, it just doesn't work. That's fine. Other option is it not only doesn't work, but it catastrophically fails in some way that kills you or worse for someone who can channel, burns it right out of you. Right. You can no longer touch the source. That's a fate, as you say, worse than death for the eyes to die. Which I mean, is true, but also like, we know characters who are suffering this fate right now, and I'm pretty sure we agree they're better off than if they had actually been executed. So now, of course, Nynaeve isn't so sure that uh, being burned out would be the end of the world because she's convinced she can figure out eventually how to heal that. She hasn't yet. Yeah, we know she's researching it. Uh, she's working specifically with Swan, Liana, and who is she working with Logan a little? She is doing a little research on him, too. But uh, nobody believes that she'll be able to figure anything out. Just a waste of time. But they're humoring her. Uh, other things on Elaine's mind. The weather. It's really hot. Still. And it's we're getting like, that consistently really through this book. In November. Yeah. That just, and they haven't been no burning relief. enough fossil fuels to really make that a likely cause. Lane thinks there must be some way the weather could be fixed. Now, what does she know that the Aes Sedai don't know that might point her to the possibility that we could somehow channel the weather better? She might probably definitely 100% know of some people who can channel and are incredibly good at channeling the weather in ways that Aes Sedai have not conceptualized. These are the windfinders of the sea folk. Yes. Uh, the Athan Mier. Yes. Wow, words are hard. But you got uh, it. They weave together wind and water and a whole litany of uh, strands in a wonderful sailing tapestry that Elaine got to see firsthand and learn a little bit. And again, why is she still being put to work like an animal? Come on, 
she's talented. Just just let them be. I said, I come on. There you go. Hey, a shout out to Carrie, who's joined us, one of our patrons. She's in Discord with us, listening along. Always good to have you with us. Uh, she recently finished this book, so anything we talk about now, she says Anything goes. I'm kidding. We're not, not that <laughs> uh, Another thing on Elaine's mind is Mogidian. They still have her as their captive, and Nynaeve is wearing the Adam bracelet on her wrist right now. She insists that one of them always has it on. But does it really need to be worn all the time to keep Mogidian captive? See, I'm glad you finished that sentence because does it need to be worn all the time to keep her captive? No. Does it need to be worn all the time? Well, if you want to use it, yeah, you can't use it with it just sitting there. But you could set it on the ground right in front of her and she wouldn't be able to do anything about it. Right. That's just the way this thing works. Uh, but Nynaeve just feels more comfortable if somebody has it on. And there is one minor difference. If you're wearing it and Mogidian was to try to do something, you'd sense it through the bracelet. You wouldn't sense it if it was just hanging on a peg or laying on the ground. It's kind of the difference between like, hey, they're safely in their little playpen. They're fine. And hey, I've got the baby monitor on and I can see and hear any and everything that happens. Nice analogy. Yeah. Of course, it's going to matter not at all right now because of what Nynaeve and Elaine are about to do. They're heading into Teleron Riyadh. And when they're there, anything that might happen in the real world, she wouldn't sense through that bracelet anyways. But still, she's keeping it on. <laughs> it's just a Nynaeveism. Okay, this is what I'm doing. Deal with it. Look, if it makes you more feel more comfortable, good for you. You do that. <laughs> So why are they going into Teleron Riyadh? Well, it's part of their task to teach others how to function well within the world of dreams. Now, this has not been a fun experience for Elaine and Nynaeve. Um, it's one of the things adding to their frustration. I mean, they already have the frustration of dealing with the sitters, the, the heads of the houses mm -hmm. here in Saladar, the Aes Sedai in exile, because they don't have a lot of direct interaction with the sitters, but nobody does. The sitters aren't doing anything. They're just sitting. Okay? Yeah. And they're not even sitting together very much no. each day. It's like they're just waiting for something. And that's driving them nuts. And no information's coming out, especially not too measly accepted. No. So, no. sitting there, kicking your heels, spinning your wheels, not a lot of fun. But who they're training is not the sitters. They're training the real power in Saladar, the ones behind the sitters, the council. And these were the first women that they met with and got grilled by when they came into town. Um, six Aes Sedai in particular, who are working with Nynaeve and Elaine, as well as with Swan and Liana. Uh, they're all part of the training on functioning in the world of dreams. Because they can use it. They figure it's a way they can get information. They can access things about the other Aes Sedai and other things around the world that they might want to know. Now, notably, you mentioned Swan and Liana as well as these six. But those groups are exclusionary. Um, Swan and Liana really don't want the these six to know that they're doing this as well. Mm, yes and no. Uh, the six are fully aware Swan and Liana are getting trained, but they have no idea how much Swan and Liana are doing in the world of dreams above and beyond what they are being, being authorized to do. Yeah. Yeah. So 
Nynaeve and Elaine, they put their rings on. These are both rings that Elaine made. So they're not as powerful as the original. And and how does that show? When you go into the World of Dreams with a lesser copy? You're a bit transparent. And that's not meaning that you're not keeping secrets from people. You're literally, they can you're see through. You're a ghost. Right, right, right. So they bop into the World of Dreams right there in Saladar still. And they meet up with Swan and Liana, who are already waiting. And now the four of them wait with varied levels of impatience for the four or the six Aes Sedai sisters that are going to do something with them here today that they're gathering for on purpose. And those six are named for us. Uh, do you recall which six are these? I wouldn't have recalled it, but I could see it in front of me because you wrote it in the notes for me. Thank you very much. Oh, I made it easy for you. you. Tell, them, tell them which six are the, the council in Saladar. Uh, so there's Shirium. Blue Aja was the mistress of novices before, you know, they all left the tower. Mm-hmm. Um, Carolinia, she's a white Aes Sedai. Morvrin? Morvrin. There's so many R's in that word. <laughs> Um, she's brown. Anaya, blue. Anaya, if I'm remembering correctly, was like head of blue spies and whatnot. Um, I'm not sure about that. I know she was a friend of Moraine's. I think so. I think she was the head of the network of eyes and ears after um, Swan became Amerlin. Hmm. Well, possibly. I think. Uh, Bionin is a gray and Morella or Morel however you want to say it, is green. So these six come walking around a building to join up with these other four who are waiting for them. And they're in the midst of a conversation. They're just wrapping up. Now, this conversation was packed with major foreshadowing, something about a choice that they've decided to make and how the other sisters are likely to take it uh, and that it can be expected they won't like this decision. But at the same time, no matter what they decide, a lot of the sisters aren't going to like it. So they got to make a decision anyways. They might as well stick with what they have decided. And I'm going to sit here and say they decided something. Other people also think that they probably guided that decision to happen while they think it's their decision. But also at the end of the day, this is very much a wheels decision. Mm, Meant to be. Very much so. Fair. (laughs) Carrie's in the Discord. I know, I know. (laughs) Yeah, she knows this one now. Uh, foreshadowing, though. You know, hmm. We can't tell you guys what it is, because, spoiler light, but we want you to remember they were having this conversation right now, so that uh, when things play out later, you'll go, oh, they were already talking about it way back here. Anyway, they show up. And we get a comical reminder of how Swan and Liana are so playing these Aes Sedai women. What am I talking about, Zach? Uh, they're pretending like they hate each other which is only kind of pretending because they really they they have their beef but what they're doing is making it seem like they can't stand each other they're fed up with each other's differences so that they aren't suspected of colluding and working together yeah as soon as the women had come around into sight swan and liana turned their backs against each other like i won't even look at you like they're acting so petty and it just plays into now the expectations the Aes Sedai have of them. And it's not that hard to fake that reaction because you're just changing where it's directed. Um, that's how they actually feel about these Aes Sedai that are showing up. So just <laughs> focus it at each other instead and it's fine. There's some truth to that. 
Of course, one key factor in play here is that Liana and Swan can lie now, and the other Aes Sedai have no idea they've been released from that oath to tell no untruth. So yeah, it's pretty easy to pull a fast one. This also leans into something that this chapter is trying to highlight about Aes Sedai. It's been mentioned before, but this chapter is really laying it on. The arrogance of Aes Sedai, you know, that they are quite dismissive of the fact that anyone who is not a full Aes Sedai, even not an Aes Sedai as powerful in the, you know, with as much strength in the one power as they have, um, no such person could know more than they do. They know better. And they're just 100% convicted with that. Yeah, now, it's a pretty common Aes Sedai trend in these books. This makes what Nynaeve and Elaine have to do really hard. How do you teach someone who already believes they know everything? Uh, poorly. <laughs> yeah, they, they won't let you. I mean, just the thought of, you know, as a teacher, you show someone what to do, then they try it, and they might do it wrong. So as a teacher, you then would correct them. And oh, oh, my goodness. Every time you try to correct an Aes Sedai. I mean, that's... you've been in education for a long time, longer than I've been alive. Indeed. Um, you have to be aware at this point, there are there is such a thing as a bad student, someone who is just bad at learning. <laughs> yes, it's true. Especially if they just refuse <laughs> to actually learn. Did you see Carrie's comment in the Discord? Mm-hmm. Lots of Karens. <laughs> That's not bad. <laughs> so trying to teach them and this this whole issue of trying to have to correct them when they're wrong, uh, we're reminded how hard that is when Nynaeve, as they're all preparing to now move about the task that they have agreed to do here today, she reminds them all of the importance of staying focused. Focused on where they're going and what their mission is. Because... They're going to go to the White Tower. They're going to be researching what can they learn uh, in Elida's study, going through papers and such. And we don't want any of the problems like, hap like you know, happened that time not too long ago when a merdral just popped into our presence. Nynaeve says, which I'm pretty sure happened because, you know, you guys had been talking about you know, the dark one, and then I think one of your minds wandered off, thinking of Shadow Spawn, and ta-da, we had one then. Shadow Spawned. Yes, exactly, and wow, no, then they're like, oh, you, you have overstepped there, girl, you know, like, how dare you say we made a mistake? Well, you how did. How dare you? The Aes Sedai would rather completely convince themselves that a Merdral just randomly showed up in the world of dreams, and they yeah, their fault. The, I said I need to be sat down with the wise ones. They they need to have mm. a conversation. Now, Elaine sees this conversation going badly very quickly, so she diverts it to a more positive and mission-focused direction. And she has pretty good reason to try to do that, right? I mean, what's likely to happen if they bring the hammer down on Nynaeve? They'll also bring it down on Elaine. Yep. there There's no such thing as an innocent bystander. Nope. Just collateral damage. Right. So she she plays her role to get them back on track. And it works. She does manage to defuse the situation and let's go. And so she gets them all focused on Elida's study. And then suddenly that's where they are. It's like just suddenly the place changes. They don't feel like they moved or anything. It's just now it's Elida's study. Oof. Now, Teleron Riyadh. Yes. Notable that they're calling it Elida's study. Yeah. What was this room? How has this room previously always been known, Zach? 
Oh, it was and is the Omerlin study uh, in the White Tower. However, none of them want to acknowledge that uh, Elida is actually the Omerlin. She is a false Omerlin. So it's Elida's study. She's usurped this area. Uh, nice word, usurped. Yep, yep. But I mean, truthfully, even if it is on a technicality, it's still the Omerlin study and she is the Omerlin. You could just claim that it was not rightful. And she's a bad choice. Liana, she leaves the room then. Says, I'm, I'm heading off to check on my eyes and ears in the city. And that's a reminder. She, that was her role as the Keeper of the Chronicles. She had a whole bunch of eyes and ears throughout Tarvalon, all over the island. So she's going to go check in. And Nynaeve is ordered to go with her. You know, we shouldn't have someone going off by themselves. Nynaeve tries to object and wham, gets put down and slapped, slammed into her place. They're still a little sore over her trying to correct them before. And so Nynaeve, fine, she departs. But Elaine, we're in her POV. She's just shaking her head on the inside. Let's not attract attention. What's the issue? Why did Nynaeve try to speak up and not just follow orders? I, I mean, to be completely honest, it's because the Aes Sedai still have no idea what they're talking about. Teleron Riyadh doesn't work like that. Liana doesn't work like that. They have no concept for the place or the people that they're ordering. And Nynaeve's trying to say, you're stupid. Stop. <laughs> and uh, that's just not smart either. So, eesh. yeah, I mean, Liana's headed off and the Aes Sedai have this image of her walking down the stairs out of the tower and through Tower of Alon and just go catch up with her, Nynaeve. But that's not how Teleron Riyadh works. Liana probably just instantly popped out somewhere else. There's no way Nynaeve can track her. What a waste of time. But of course, the other aspect is the Aes Sedai do not know how much Liana has been doing extra training and such. She's very skilled. She does not have, you know, they don't have to be worried about her. She's had the training wheels taken off. Yeah. So Liana, Nynaeve, they're gone. But we still have Elaine and Swan and the six women of the council here in the room when all of a sudden a brief event happens that startles everybody and it involves Elida. Do you remember what happens there? Doesn't she just like show up? Yep. Right there at her desk. And she sees them and she looks at all of them with great satisfaction. Ah, just as I foretold, you're all coming back to be one tower under my leadership. Now kneel and beg forgiveness and they're all like ah and then blink she's gone they're all looking at each other like that was very unsettling was that a prophecy a foretelling elaine's like no 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 she was just dreaming people that can was... dream themselves into teleron riyadh sometimes and to be fair that reaction do you really expect her to be dreaming of anything else like that's exactly right. what she would be dreaming of just what she wants yeah. And Elaine is like, as she says that out loud internally, she's like, I, I hope that's all it meant, because <laughs> that's not a pleasant thing to envision. OK, shaking that off. Let's get to task. And they're looking through the papers on Elida's desk, but also in the antechamber outside the study, which is the keeper's desk. Mm -hmm. There's papers there, too. Alviarin has things and Alviarin often has more significant things than Elida has. That may mean something. But as they separately go through all these papers, uh, they're sharing out loud what they're finding. And Elaine just gets to hear all these things. What do we hear? Well, 
Elida is still working to gain the support of leaders of various nations, meaning they haven't all sworn their allegiance to Elida as the Amerlin. The Which, nations understand there's some issues now. They understand, hey, there is a rebel faction and we're not sure who is in charge. And, well, to be honest, before there was a coup, sorry, a transition in power, uh, we <laughs> also weren't really sure we liked Aes Sedai anymore. So maybe we can be friends. Maybe. Yeah, uh, yeah. Now the Saladar sisters have sent out um what's the word i want emissaries embassies yeah to these various other leaders so this also means we still have a shot here especially our named uh ilian mirandy gildan and altara and the leaders of each are named but the one that's named for ilian uh stefan matineos yeah, there's no no shot there no or is it matin stefanos stefano <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we know there's no shot with that guy because who's really in charge in Ilian? Samael. Yeah. It's a forsaken. That we've been, oops. But we do get uh the leaders of uh again Mirandi, Gildan, and Altara mentioned. And uh two of those are pretty significant. Just foreshadowing. These names will come up again. Uh Aleandr, uh Queen Aleander of Gildan and Queen Tylan of Altara. There is still an arrest warrant out for Moraine, which means Elida doesn't know something. Yeah, Elida doesn't know that Moraine took a tumble through a uh, twisted stone. She doorway. bit it in Kyrian. Yeah, has no idea. Elida still intends to build herself a palace. One of the other sisters, yeah, of course she does. Uh, we hear about Shemarin, a yellow sister who has run away. Although it's noted on the note that the accepted Shemarin has run away. Yeah. What's the significance of that, Zach? A couple of different things. One, uh, she ran away, period. Uh, two, she's not a yellow sister running away. She is an accepted running away. This is not a, like, after the fact you went, no, the accepted ran away, or she was almost an Aes Sedai. No, this was an Aes Sedai that Elida said, you're not an Aes Sedai anymore. Demoted her. Yeah. And she kind of just, like, let that happen, and therefore there's precedent of it happening, and now Elida can do that, maybe? Elida can't do that, except if people let her do it, she can. Yeah. Uh, Nynaeve and Elaine had already heard about this and had shared it with the sisters, and they dismissed it. They're like, they were oh, like, clearly you didn't that. understand. No one would let that happen. Yeah, you you must have misunderstood something there. That's impossible. And here it's confirmed, which Elaine is thinking about, you know, this isn't the first thing that that's happened with. Again, these sisters don't accept anything that doesn't align with their personal expectations and beliefs. Which You try to tell them something that's different from that, they assume you're wrong. It's an important distinction that it is what's lining up with their expectations and beliefs that is the issue, not that other people are telling them things. Because if Nynaeve and Elaine were telling them the things that they expected or wanted to hear, they would actually believe it. They're not sitting in the position of, oh, I won't believe it unless I see it with my own eyes, which is a different, more valid position than I don't want it to be true, so I don't believe it. Right. Uh, at this point, Elaine... She mentally summons a stool. You can do that in Teleron Riyadh. I doubt any of the other sisters would think of such a thing. 
But Elaine does, just poof, makes a stool and has a seat because all she can do is wait upon the Aes Sedai. Technically, she's the teacher here to give them guidance and lessons, but she has learned it's best she just sit and be quiet unless they ask her for something. And since they already think they know everything they need to know, <laughs> she's going to have a very boring period of time here now. Unless so one of them does gets... something wrong and she has to fix it. Right. So she just gets to sit here and listen. Uh, listen some more. And we get to benefit from that. Here's some more things. The Aes Sedai uncover information on Shinar and Arafel, two of the borderland nations, that there's been some fighting going on, but no one knows why. And it's not that they're fighting with Shadowspawn, because the Blight, totally quiet. Like, eerily quiet. Nothing's happening. Uh, also, Terabon, that nation out in the West, no information has been coming out of it. Nobody knows why. The women keep searching through documents for hours. Now, that's easily necessary because of the nature of the documents. Remind us what we've learned about documents. Things like this in Teleron Riadzak. They're a little wishy-washy. <laughs> I um, like that. That's a good way to say it. They can be there and then not there. And the words on the actual pages can just kind of like fade sometimes. And then if you like set it down for a second, it's gone. And then maybe it's back where it originally was, but maybe it's not. And if it's a whole stack of papers, it's hard to go through. And so you are looking through 100 documents and... Well, you pick this one up, you put it down, and then you go to pick up the next one, and oh, that's the same one. Or is it? I can't tell. And you may be holding a document, and it's longer, and you're trying to read through it, and before you finish, it disappears from your hand. It's just gone. But then you may find it again and be able to pick up. You know, it just takes a lot of work to get through these things. So, yeah. Wow. Long period of time. Other things that Elaine hears them discovering include uh, Pedra Nile. Who's he again? Lord Commander of the uh, Children of the Light. Sorry, I was trying to go for the nice way of saying it instead Which of just calling White Cloaks. Yeah. And we know that he had called back all of the White Cloaks from all over, bringing them home to Amadicia, but no one truly knows why he's done it. And that's in one of the notes. There are some rumors. He's rumored to perhaps be making a move on the throne in Amadicia. Okay, that one's stupid. Carrie's uh, notably correcting me because I was wrong. Lord Captain Commander. Um, ah. Then again, I don't want to put any respect on that man's name, so it's fine. <laughs> so uh, stupid that he'd be trying to take over Amadisha because everyone really knows the White Cloaks already run Amadisha. The king doesn't do anything without it being okay with the White Cloaks. Uh, second, maybe he's gonna make a move out to Terabon and Eridoman and crush the unrest, the civil wars, the fighting. But the other rumor is just crazy. He's getting ready to support Randall Thor. Yeah, the white not cult leader supporting quite, the Dragon Reborn. It's not quite right, but <laughs> it's honestly the closest of the rumors. Strange things have been seen in various places that, again, the Aes Sedai dismiss as rumors and nonsense because it doesn't match their understanding of how the world works. But Elaine's not so sure. Here was the quote. Villages taken by madness. Nightmares walking in daylight. Two-headed calves that talked. Shadow spawn appearing out of thin air. Again, what does Elaine know about that these women don't? They have no personal experience with and therefore... They reject their reality and substitute, reject the reality and substitute their own. 
Well, as we're getting closer to Tarman Gaiden, and we've got some real strong Taviran out here, especially the Dragon Reborn, the pattern's doing some weird things. It's sometimes spitting out some weird threads, including just some weird little bubbles every now and then that pop evilly. <laughs> bubbles that pop evilly. I like that. Yeah, she's seen some twisted stuff out there, and they haven't yet. So, no, that stuff just got to be fear-mongering and rumors. Also, Bubbles of Evil, great name. But at the same time, I can't help but feel like it's just, like, world pimples. <laughs> world pimples. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag world pimple. <laughs> Elaine's mother is another rumor. There's a couple things about her. One, that she may be in the west of Andor raising an army under the banner of Manetherin. She well, she was somewhere and she tried that, but that's not what this is because this is Perrin. Yeah, yeah. So this is uh, you know the fact that some rumors do have basises of truth, but easily get twisted in translation. Another rumor is that Elaine's mother is a a prisoner that Rand is holding her prisoner. Mm, well, someone is kind of, or that she has been fleeing to pretty much every nation. On the continent. Part of Even that. Amadisha, which well, Elaine knows, that's unimaginable. She'd never go there. Maybe you should stop <laughs> rejecting what you think is not fitting in with your expectations Seriously. and conceptions. Uh, learn something from why you're upset with the Aes Sedai and realize right? your mom's there. Mm -hmm. And there are orders that Elaine is to be found and returned to the White Tower at all costs. And if they botch it, they'll be even worse off than that makura woman that was interesting uh, and that it is to be done because the ruling house of andor is the key lane's like what the world is all that about that's a weird uh, thing that lane has no clue about but we we know that by now right if we don't so we've heard it in i think we got it in the prologue the prologue of this book i think it was highlighted alida alida's understanding of that i'm looking at the discord carrie yeah, you I'm know like, what that's about you know what we're talking about because if you do then we're safe if you don't i could wait yeah oh, oh we'll maybe wait <laughs> uh we learned just a couple of other significant things oh she's threading oh sorry she missed what we said oh i think we would have been safe but we'll wait anyways we'll just wait we'll just wait the other couple of things that we learned that are important is that uh one Elida has approximately a third of all the Aes Sedai with her in the White Tower. There's a count in these files. And she's working very hard to hold them in her iron grip. Elaine also knows that a third of them are in Saladar. Now that means there is another third unaligned. What's up with those? Maybe they're waiting to see which side comes out on top. And, and then they'll join. But Maybe they're undecided. Something... Maybe they're more fence-sitting. Maybe they don't really care um, about any of it. They just have their nose stuck in the books because they were brown somewhere. Um, maybe they felt like it was a good time to retire. Maybe they're dead or captured by Sean Chan. Who knows? Okay, they don't know about that. <laughs> Who the knows? The other thing is that Elida has sent a delegation of sisters to Randall Thor, seemingly to offer Rand the White Tower support and an escort to Tarvalon. 
And the sisters are like, what? No way. She wouldn't. What is she? What? This completely shocks them. But it's right there in her script. They know this is official. The good news is that they've sent their delegation to Kyrian. Why is that good news for the Saladar sisters? Because Rand's not in Kyrian. He's in Camelin. Right. Which is where they sent their embassy. They knew he was in Camelin. And so yet, they should get to him first. They were both deceived. He's in both. <laughs> what happens next is wild. Because they hear a scream from outside the room. And they f- they go, what, what's going on? And as they look outside the room, they find that the corridor outside the keeper's chambers has disappeared. Instead, it's now an underground cavern full of trollocs howling and dancing around cookeries and cauldrons. <sighs> and they see Carlinia, the white sister, she's the one that screamed. She is bound and hanging upside down by her ankles, being slowly lowered head first towards one of the boiling cook pots. And she's screaming, you know, ah! she can't do anything about it. And they see Morvrin and Anaya right there looking at it, looking at what's happening, but they're not in the cavern, but they steal themselves and they go in to try to help, but they don't see them just walk into the scene. They see them step into the cavern and then disappear and reappear in their own torture devices within the cavern. One's being stretched on the rack. Another is bound and being whipped by a trolloc and they start screaming. What the heck is going on? It's one of those funny little Teleron Riyadh things because it, the real world has some bubbles of evil. Teleron Riyadh has some bubbles of evil, but not in the same way. It's a little pocket world almost within the dream, a dream within the dream, a nightmare. Sherium tells Myrel and Bionin, we must link. And they do so and move off to save their sisters. And Elaine's like, no, but they don't listen to her, of course. And the three of them, fully empowered, go in and are also then caught up. Uh, Sherium strapped to another torture device. The other two can't be seen, but you can hear more screams from beyond the cavern that can be seen. Because how do you stop a nightmare? You pull the blankets over your head and you hide and you say it's not real. <laughs> now there's the problem. You do. You have to reject its realness. And Elaine knows this. And so should all the other sisters, because Elaine has taught them about this. But they know better. Swan is still standing with Elaine. And they both realize, okay, this, like you said, is a nightmare. And because they have tried to fight it, they've empowered it. They've basically treated it like it's real. And therefore, they have been sucked into it where they are powerless. So Elaine and Swan are shouting to them, to do what you need to do to make it go away, which is what? Not hide under a blanket. Come on, what? give us a little more sure there, Zach. it is. You hide under what? a blanket. They don't have a blanket. So what, what do they need to do to dismiss the nightmare? Tell, say, no, you're not real. This isn't happening. This just isn't. It's very much, to me, the depiction in film that we see of a boggart in Harry Potter is your worst nightmare. And what do you do? You laugh at it. You make it not real. You make it not this a problem. no power over me. Exactly. So reassert in their minds what is truly there. It's a corridor. Okay, just see the corridor. This other stuff doesn't exist. Not real. So Elaine and Swan are shouting these instructions to them and 
it's not being acknowledged, which Elaine figures out is they are trapped in the nightmare and we're not there. So they can't hear us. They can't see us. All they can see is that nightmare cavern they're stuck in. So we're going to have to go in. Swan's like, girl, you sure? But then she's like, wow, you, you've got more cojones than I give you credit for. All right. All right. I guess we'll have to do that. So they're going to have to willingly enter the nightmare, but hold on to the knowledge they have, not get lost in the nightmare. And while in there, convince the other women to all collectively reject the reality of the nightmare. So they step in. And just like the others, they're instantly caught up in situations of torture. And as they're being harassed and tortured by Trollocs, they're shouting to the other women, Corridor! Think Corridor! Come on, women! Reject this! And it's a very near thing. Uh, one of the Trollocs that's torturing Elaine is literally got a, a, a dagger and ready to take her head off. Why is that dangerous? Because <laughs> if you die in the nightmare... You die in real life sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Physical wounds will show up, will manifest. So, yeah, if her head comes off, her head probably won't come off in the real world, but she'd be dead. Maybe her head would come off. It's, it's That's a, a scary thing. wishy-washy as to how much, how often, what causes some wounds to appear more than others. But it's a pretty tried and true statement that if you die, you probably will die in real life too. Yep. Don't risk it. But thankfully, it's gone. They succeed, and poof, they're all standing in the corridor. The women are a mess. Uh, anything that was done to them, I mean, some of them, their clothing is in shreds. Uh, Elaine realizes, yeah, hers is like in half. It was torn completely in half. She's not exactly decent. She also has a trickle of blood coming down from her neck. I mean, it was that close. It had started to cut. Oops. So the sisters are like, okay, enough here today. We're headed back to Saladar. Let's leave the dream. Uh, some of us clearly need some healing. Swan says, you know, I'm not so bad. I'm going to stay, take care of a few more things before I head back. Elaine's like, I'll stay with Swan. And like, no, the other sisters, no, you will not. You need healing just like the rest. We've been here long enough. Good job keeping your head during the nightmare. That's Closest they come to giving a compliment. It's as close as they come to saying, thanks for saving our lives. Right, right. We had totally blown it. We were going to die. We owe you. Yeah, they don't say any of that. This is the closest they get. But we're going out. So the six sisters, they leave Teleron Riyadh. Elaine does something else first. She quickly judges that, you know, she's not in the same location in Saladar as the other sisters. So she has a few moments before anyone will show up in her quarters. She's got at least 30 seconds. Feelings, right? So she jumps to the Grand Hall in the Palace of Camelin. She wants to see what she might learn, especially based on these rumors about her mom and, you know, what what's going on there. And, and they've sent the delegation to Camelin. You know, okay, Rand's there. What's he doing? Can she learn anything? And just a, a quick glimpse. Probably and not anything accurate. <laughs> What she finds, I mean, the Grand Hall is the throne room, okay? Mm -hmm. And there, where the Lion Throne should be, is this big old dragon throne, gaudy thing. And the Lion Throne is off behind it, slightly to the side, up on its own little pedestal. And she looks at it like a trophy? I mean, what the heck, Rand? What are you doing? She does not understand what's happened here. We saw what happened here. Remind us what that's about, Zach. 
uh, this is Rand saying, hey, this throne is not for me, Andor is not mine, I'm holding it for someone who I have it in mind for, who it belongs to, this is someone else's, so I will not sit on this throne. But since you guys are really insistent, I guess I have to sit in a throne, so we're going to have this one that you made that is way too big and gross and gaudy. I'm going to sit in it, so that that way you don't make something even worse, Um and the Lion Throne is going to go up there so that it's elevated higher, showing this is still a position of power that is meant to be here, meant for someone. As a reminder to everyone, I intend this for someone. But that Great doesn't symbolism. carry over to Elaine, who's sitting in here and going, what the hell, Rand? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and as she sees this, she is afraid Rand may be completely bungling things in Andor. It's like, yeah, fine. He managed things nicely in Tyr. He seems to have handled Kyrian. But Andor is not one of those places. Andor is different. She really wishes she could be at his side, guiding him, assisting him. But she'd already requested that. And the Aes Sedai were like, uh, no, no, no. We are not letting you anywhere near the Dragon Reborn. She's too important. So she simply has to trust Min. Because Min was sent with the delegation. She's like, Min will have to take care of him. And she has this brief stab of jealousy as she thinks of what that taking care of might look like. Because she knows Min loves him, just like Elaine loves him. You know, they both love the same man. She's like, Grr. And we're, oh, go ahead. You got something. It's just, this chapter really shows Elaine's really frustrated with the eyes to die and their view and how they are unable to accept things that don't fit into their own paradigm. But Elaine is having the same problem. What she's dealing with here and going, Camelin's different, Rand. I, you're messing it up. It's again just Elaine going, I know better about Camelin. And in some instances, to some extent, she's right, but she doesn't have the information. She's acting on her assumptions, and she's not willing to actually look or listen to what might be actually happening. Yeah, yeah. We are reminded of one aspect of Elaine that is very Aes Sedai with her thoughts of Rand. And that's that one way or another, when she has a chance, she is bonding that guy as her warder. Whatever it takes. Because one warder is not enough. Oh, shh. <laughs> enough time has passed. She can't chance being here any longer. So she steps out of the dream, returns to her body in Saladar, because someone's going to be showing up to heal her. And for the final little bit of the chapter... We're still in the Grand Hall, but we get to switch to someone else's POV because there was someone there that Elaine didn't see. Was hiding back in the shadows behind the columns. Demondred, the Forsaken, steps out into view. He's thinking about, I think that was Elaine Tracond, the, the daughter heir. It was. Hmm. I wonder what she was thinking because he can't read minds. He's like... I could infer that she wasn't happy with what she saw here. Perhaps what Althor has been up to is not pleasing her. And he's like, that may give me another thread to pull. Hmm. So Demandred is clearly up to manipulating things, trying to mess with things. And then he opens a gateway to exit Teleron Riyadh. Ooh. And he repeats, let the Lord of Chaos rule. Though in his thoughts, he's wondering, but why? I don't know why we're supposed to, but okay. So what can we know from him leaving by gateway, Zach? That was significant. He didn't just wake he up. He didn't wake up. He was physically there. He was never asleep. 
It's yeah. evil, apparently. Evil. Yes. Okay, that is the end of the chapter. And that is where we're going to stop this episode because, you know, that's been an hour just on one chapter. It was a big one, a big one. <laughs> but there's a lot loaded in it. And that nightmare scene was great. So uh, if you're a first time reader, this is where you should leave because we're going to spoil the heck out of something now. Each of us will do our own spoiler room section session. Thanks for being here, but head off now. So we don't ruin Wheel of Time for you. Bye. And for us... The Spoiler Room. So, let's roll to see who gets to spoil something first. Uh, Just a six. Thirteen. I'll go first. That means you're definitely going first, yes. Um, I don't know if this is a spoiler, because I'm pretty sure we do know it. Uh, But I I mentioned it earlier, so we got to jump back. Uh, which means I have to find what it was. <laughs> oh, yeah. Elida's whole thing about the house of, uh, ruling house of Andor being the key. She had that, uh, foretelling way back. It's why she tied herself to Andor. It's why she's positioned herself now into the Omerlin seat and stuff. She's, she sees herself as Paul Atreides. Uh, she sees the path, uh, and needs to guide it correctly. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, she didn't take enough spice. She's wrong uh, yep. about which ruling house of Andor. Totally. Oops. Maybe you should actually support Rand instead of just saying you're going to support him. <laughs> Maybe for my spoilage, um, I want to talk about that nightmare because I believe we learn later that that nightmare wasn't a random occurrence. That was a trap that was specifically set. And I think it was by Masana. I think the Forsaken who's in the White Tower. Yeah, she had put that there. She knew people were coming, checking things out. And she is surprised they escape. She thought that would work. Nothing happened in this chapter to show that. But I'm pretty sure we get that information later. That was an intentional trap, which is also why... It wasn't just that, you know, Elida and Swan tried to reject it and then had to step in to get the others to help, but they should have been able to have some influence on it. If it was a normal nightmare from outside, they should have been able to do something. And it wouldn't respond because it was a stronger than normal nightmare. It was a forsaken trap. Oopsie. (laughs) And of course, it's we learned just in the last chapter that Masana is the one that's in the White Tower. But this won't be known to the general public for quite some time. Many, many books. A while. Yeah. So, definite spoiler. All right. That's it. Good stuff. Let me run our outro. Remind people where they can find us. All those things. Again, the people who are watching this, they know these things. So I really should create some kind of other ending. I don't know. Maybe we should, like, come up with some sort of a game. Uh, a, a fun fact, a trivia, something Ooh, that we a trivia question. Uh, either something that I prepared or you prepared, and the other one of us horribly gets wrong. <laughs> Please don't make it wheel of time based. I'll look dumb. All right, you work on that. I like it. Thanks for watching, everyone. We'll talk to you next time.